What the Tech Africa podcast powered by Techno Nigeria. Stop at nothing. Hello and welcome to season two of What the Tech Africa podcast brought to you by Africa Tech Radio. Season one was Tech 101, taking you through how to get started in tech, building a tech company, getting phones and more. But in season two, we'll be delving deeper into technology in Africa, talking about NFTs, Web3s, fintechs, and lots more. You definitely do not want to miss this, so stick around. In 2021, Statista recorded that there are 576 fintech companies in Africa, 144 of them in Nigeria, which is right after 154 in South Africa, with the highest number. So that leads to the question, does Nigeria need another fintech company? Do you think Nigeria needs another fintech company? Well, we'll be discussing that today on today's episode of the podcast. And to do this with me is Onye Oguego, co-founder, MyStash. Hi, Onye. Hello, Jessica. Good afternoon. Hi, thank you for joining. (laughs) It's a pleasure to have you here. Okay, so before we go into the very big question in the house, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do at MyStash. Awesome. So my name is Onye Oguego. I'm a co-founder and CEO of MyStash. MyStash is a personal finance management company that helps Nigerians to save more efficiently through a save-as-you-spend and save-as-you-end model. It's just basically for like every 1,000 naira that you spend, you can automatically save about 100 naira and just basically a more effective way to save. Yeah, I think that's a fair summary of what we do at MyStash. Love it. I really love it. I mean, because these days we're always spending, so it's great to have somebody help you save. I don't have to think about it, but I'm saving, so I really be. Love the idea. So when you thought of stats in my stash, you know, did you ever think, oh my God, there are a lot of fintech companies out there right now? Because it feels like there are. Tomorrow, today you're hearing Paystack, you're hearing Flutterwave, you're hearing CUDA, you're hearing Carbon, you're hearing loads and loads of financial companies. So did you at any point think, oh my God, there are a lot. What space is there for me? What space is there for my company? You know, did you have those thoughts in your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, at, at some point, those thoughts do come up, but then there are different ways to look at it. I would look at it in terms of the opportunities that um, abound in the space and hence why there are so many, um, you know, companies trying to solve the different problems within the finance industry. Um, so for me, it was more like a propeller to say, OK, this is um, a gap I see and how best can I solve that? Mm. So you did mention um, opportunities. Let's talk a bit more about it, because in my head, I feel like, these startups are doing different things. I think I just as the opportunity is not finished. Like it's like <laughs> how many more opportunities are there? What other problems are there? Because in my head I'm thinking, what other problems could there really be? So tell us a bit more about that. The problems, the opportunities you think there are. So um, the finance space, um, finance industry, fintech industry is categorized by um, different aspects. So you have lending, you have business, corporate banking, you have personal finance management, investments, pensions, insurance. You know, there's just a a lot of products within the finance space. And then for some time now, there was barely innovation. I would say a slow pace of innovation. And that was what was, I think, very exciting for the new companies who took up who took it upon themselves to you know innovate in that space in terms of like creating infrastructure and all of that so you see the likes of paystack and flutterwave so that's um a way to look at the different opportunities from the different aspects and different categories and then the problems you know so already as a normal bank um hold bank account holder there are probably things that i wish my bank could offer me 
But then if, you know, if at the core of it, that's not where the bank, you know, as an institution is heading in terms of their own vision and their mission, then they wouldn't necessarily be serving my needs. And I think that's where all the fintechs, you know, where the different fintechs come in because then they are, they are solving for a particular target market and a particular group of people who feel or who believe that this particular problem is huge enough for me to find a solution or to adopt a solution, yeah. Okay, that, that kind of makes sense because I feel like, financial institutions like the banks probably didn't realize certain things until this fintech companies started to like just disrupt everything and they started to, they started to see okay if we do not move mm-hmm. we'll probably be outdated so that makes a lot of sense but then to the question in the room don't we have enough already do we still need more or do you think there would ever be a time where we're like oh we've had enough i mean i can count the number of banks we have like traditional banks and i don't think there are a lot anymore is coming except like microfinance banks but you're not like i feel like every day when i'm reading tech crunch tech cabal another fintech company is raising money you know <laughs> so yeah do you ever think there's enough or there would there be so um, I'm, I'm glad you used the example of traditional banks. So if you remember, like a few years back, we had so many, we had over 100 um, traditional banks. And then there was a point where they had to do like mergers and acquisitions and all of that. And then we had, so for me, when I look at the future of the fintech industry in Nigeria, we will get to that point where we have to merge and where we have to acquire, there'll be acquisitions and there'll be mergers. And then there will then be, you know, powerhouses, you know, people who have encapsulated a lot of products that can then serve like diverse needs. So we're getting to that point. And I, and I mean, I dare say it's happening very soon. Mm-hmm. We can see Flutter Wave expanding into different areas yeah. that have then positioned them to be able to serve the needs of a business owner, at least to a very large extent. And so when you say, um, <laughs> are there not enough fintech companies? I dare say that there's still problems that haven't been solved and there would still be more fintech companies and very innovative ones at that who would solve these problems, you know, that have still not been catered to by the current fintech companies companies that we have that's one and two they're definitely sooner than later actually there definitely would be measures happening just so that we're able to cater to the customer's needs more efficiently i love it love it i love the sound of measures because i feel like it really should happen at some point because even as a person who has numerous bank financial apps on my phone and i'm thinking <laughs> can you guys just be on one and just everything for me yeah. so like i don't have to be everywhere so yeah the sound of that is very very exciting and you also talked about you know some other problems that still have not been solved and so that brings me to the next question talking about the unbanked you know we're talking about technology but as it is right now nigeria is definitely experiencing you know bloom in technology people getting more phones more access and all of that but then there's still a large population of people that are unbanked. And secondly, they don't even have access to technology. So how is the fintech space really? I feel like they're all playing in the same ball because they're all targeting those that have phones, those that have access to technology. Then what happens to those that really do not have access to that? Amazing. <laughs> so there are a few fintechs who I believe are targeting the unbanks. We have um know, Bankly. Bankly, yeah. No, that's the first that comes yeah. to mind. <laughs> that, that's the only one I've heard in a while. So I, I I mean I'm sure there are a few others. But then I I see that's it's a step-by-step process, right? You know how in every business school, they tell you MVP, you know, start lean, just test your product as soon as possible. So for me, I also believe that even as we go towards, you know, measures and then creating powerhouses, it's, it's a process 
where we say we now understand, okay, this category of users, how can we then expand to this category of users? So the unbanked, the underserved and all of that. And then I think another interesting thing that's happening in the space, um, and I think it's something to look out for, is the entry of um, MTN mobile money and Airtel mobile money in, you know, in the market. So yes, we have about 45% of Nigerians who are unbanked, not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think last I checked, yeah, there are about, and then we still have about 37 million Nigerians from the last data I checked who are not banked but then have access to the you know, mobile phones mm-hmm. and so this is another interesting space that once you know MTN and Airtel are able to play that mobile money I'm pretty sure that we would have both existing and new fintech create products and solutions for those people using that infrastructure that mobile money infrastructure that will not be you know created by MTN and Airtel so that's also an interesting space to watch out yeah, yeah listening to you talk about that I'm thinking in my head okay there's still going to be more we haven't seen the last of it <laughs> oh you haven't seen the last of it that I'm sure <laughs> just like okay we're expecting more because these people as well probably they definitely do need all the resources that they can get from fintech so now let's talk about money you know so I was going through data and apparently for this year, 2022, the revenue set to be coming into fintech is about 543 million US dollar. Now, that's a lot for an industry. That's for just that industry. And so that makes me think, um, do you ever think that people probably sit down and look at this data and decide that, OK, this is the industry that has money? That's why I'm going to go there. Because I feel like, yes, there are financial problems, but there are also problems in other sector. You know, I was talking to somebody about health and she was talking about how, oh, they don't get enough money, enough funding and all of that. But in fintech, you feel like there's money. So do you ever think that founders maybe sit down or maybe someone who thinks, oh, I want to solve a problem. And then they check the data and like, this is the industry that has the money. That's where I'm going to go to because I also want the money. Well, <laughs> it's interesting, but I think that as individuals generally, we do have different motivators. Right? Mm. So for some people, really and truly, it's follow the money. Anywhere Belefis, I'm going to follow the money. You know, I knock on Lagos accounts bridge. Mm. You know, there's people like that, and people who are really passionate about. I actually really want to solve a problem, or I've experienced this problem, and I think that at this point in time, like, but this is like well, 21st century, we shouldn't be having problems like this. How can I innovate? So there can't be a blanket answer for that question why because as individuals are unique and then we have different motivating factors and then we also change over time so you start in an industry perhaps you have a health tech startup and then you actually went in there like okay i want to solve this you know pressing problem and then as you know as you're going through that journey which you know i think that we need to shed more light on the journey from you know founding a company to raising series a and then being Mm -hmm. successful in all ramifications it's not exactly a plain you know a smooth plain mm-hmm. journey right and so maybe perhaps you know you're there and then something's happening and you decide that, okay we need to pivot to something that's more profitable and sustainable and then you pivot to a fintech company would you think it is fair to say that such a person has only entered you know fintech or has pivoted to a fintech product because of money you know so there are, there are different ways to look at it I, I feel like it's very it's a very multifaceted problem and then you know there's this saying that time time tells mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day so I feel like those who you know, enter with no bigger why aside money, at the end of the day, we'll be able to tell. Because mm. then you see, they have like maybe short term visions. You know, let's just get to this point and get somebody that will bite off our hands, or or let's get to this point and see, you know, how much money we can raise, how fast we can raise, you know, things like that. But then, yeah, I, I don't think there's one, there's, there's no one answer to that. It really depends on the individual. So, you know, 
that's very true because again nobody came to Lagos to count bridge right <laughs> <laughs> but then what's making the industry so lucrative why are international investors looking into this particular industry why do you think that's happening um because it's an interesting time it's um the the i would say that the the industry is ripe now because then we have the infrastructure and then we have the population and then finance money is something that affects all you know at every point in time you have to engage with money at some points you're buying you're selling or you're starving for no buying or selling you know so that i think that's that's one the industry is just very when you do an industry analysis and then you know analysis in, um, analysis of the country in itself you find that that's one of the places that whatever you're doing whatever other business you have to pass through finance so whatever other startup you build whatever other you know company you have you you have to pass through finance there has to be some sort of exchange of money and so that's why that that's that, that's why i always say that or i'm still saying there will still be more fintech companies but then we will surely get to that point where we're now merging to say okay since we're all in perhaps the payments field you know here and here are the things that we can focus on and then you know yeah I, I, that, that would definitely happen I, I don't know how soon but yeah it would be an interesting time <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like it is one industry that everybody's watching and looking out for because also when you look at the um the unicorns of africa most of them are fintech companies mm -hmm. so that again is like something somebody wants to be part of you know exactly and that's very interesting so i do know that on twitter the other day you know some people were comparing um flutter being 3.0 that's the whole three billion raise and then talking about financial traditional banks talking about how oh this other company doesn't have up to these yet and they've been in existence for so many years as a director or a C-suite person in a traditional bank, that would probably get me in a strategy room and thinking like, what are we doing wrong? What do we need to do? So in my head, I'm thinking, or oh, the question is, what do you think the future is for traditional banks? With fintech companies steady rising, new companies being developed, being brought to light, solving new problems. I mean, the other day, even I mean, tele talking about telecoms, MTN just moved from being normal to becoming a tech company. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the future, basically, for traditional banks right now? I think soon enough, we wouldn't... It would be a lot more difficult to clearly differentiate a traditional bank and a fintech. Why? Because then they are moving towards innovation as well. Just like you said, we get in a strategy room and then you're thinking, how can we, you know, appeal to the needs of our users much more than all these fintech companies? And they have existing infrastructure, you know, so it's it, it will get to the point where you already see um, the likes of Wema with Alat. We mm -hmm. have um, vaults from, I think, Providence. So you can already see that the banks are putting themselves in positions where they have to match up with the speed of innovation mm -hmm. of these fintech companies. So that's that, for me, that's that's what I see. I see that all the other banks are going to say, you know, we need to match the pace of these new companies. <laughs> we need to match the pace of this young blood. So let's, you know... Create more products. Let's you know be there to hear what are the needs of our customers even before another fintech company comes to say this is the need I'm solving. I love it. I love it, and I really like the fact that you know new fintech companies are giving traditional banks a run for, for their, their money. money. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love it because then they are no longer just sitting there and just waiting for customers to complain to do stuff. It's like they can see what's happening, so they know that if they don't do something, something is gonna happen. And I'm here for it. Like. Go fintech. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk a bit more about what you do with your company. It is rather very interesting. And so how has the journey been so far as a fintech 
founder? It's been very interesting. From idea conception, like, oh, you know, why why is money management is difficult. It shouldn't have to be difficult. What's the best way? So for us, it was, we were thinking, what's the best way to include automation and autonomy into managing money? I don't have to think about it. I don't have to become, you know, uh, more disciplined in my money that it can, it can be done for me. It's kind of like self-driving cars. So we're thinking self-driving money, you know. Um, <laughs> so that was like, you know, the conception. And then we started out, you know, testing it out. Okay, let's see if you can round up your change. We started, you know, thinking about if every time you buy something, Instead of collecting your change, you just round it up and then save for you automatically. We tested that out with a very small group of people. We saw that because of the value of the Naira, saving change was too small. I mean, Kobo basically has you no know, little value. So by the time you're saving 10 Naira points to Kobo, before it gets to something substantial, it's going to take a really long time. And so we, you know, then moved on to saving a percentage. So we thought, okay, that's easier. That's a lot more substantial than saving change. So on our platform at the moment, users are able to pick what percent of their savings, um, their earnings or spendings that they can save automatically. So you can do as little as 2%, you can do as high as 10%, 20%. And so you, once you just set it up, you don't have to think about it. It's like every time I spend, I can automatically save a percentage of my money. Every time I earn, depending on what you pick, um, you know, you can automatically just save for me. You don't have, like, for me, I think it's just the fact that, you know, you don't have to think about it anymore. Set it up and then just go, you know? And then once you, once you want your money, you can just come and withdraw it. So um, that's that's how we started out. And it's been an interesting journey. We have um, right now over 7,000 users. We launched like, we've been, we're like six months old, thereabout. <laughs> for me, the most interesting part has been actually understanding our users, you know, reaching out and then saying okay you've used our platform for the past how many maybe like four weeks you know what what is your key takeaway what do you like what don't you like you know how would you compare us to you know other saving platforms and everything and it has revealed a lot because you know how you can sit in your in your own space and just assume for the customer and that's the easier thing to do but then when you have to go and put yourself in a position for critical feedback what negative and positive it helps you to grow even more than you ever thought and that has been I think the turning point for us we're always ensuring that how can we grow better and faster keeping the users at the center of it all I love it I love it well done <laughs> you know well done I really feel like founders co-founders are super humans because <laughs> and especially those in the fintech space I have learned in recent time in recent times that Nigerians when it comes to money and not mm-hmm. patient. <laughs> it's like, bruv, my money. I give you my money. Bring <laughs> out my money. And yeah. it's like, you know, there's so much distrust. And mm-hmm. arguably, there has been so much. So many reasons. Yeah, people yeah. have been, you know, they've been dealt with. People have lost money. So people are very, oh my God. And then when you think about how we even get the money, you have to work and work and work. <laughs> On Twitter the other day, somebody said work 15 hours and everybody came for him. So imagine working for 15 hours to get your money and all of that is happening. You know, so as a founder, how do you deal with that? How do you keep reassuring people that, oh, your money is safe, we're not running away, you know? <laughs> it's, I mean, it comes with the job, just as you said. And it's something that is it's now second nature to every one of us, you know? I mean, it w- and it's natural because even I, as a user of a new fintech, I would typically call. I remember then one of the fintechs that come up and I signed up, I called to ask so many questions. I mean, how much did I even have then? But I was asking so many questions. So if I want to catch you, where will I go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where is your office? You know, things like that. So, of course, you know, the, like you said, there's been a lot of reasons for people not to trust financial in- 
institutions, especially ones that are new. But then we just, we, we do everything right by the books and show that, you know, our registrations are complete. And then I think that one very important thing is when, when a user, you know, comes up to you to say, how can I trust you? For me, it means one, you're actually already interested in the product. You just want to be safe. And so I will take my time to explain how it works and all the possible risks and how we ensure that you don't fall into any of those risks. And so it's, it's something I'm very, I'm now very comfortable doing because I've done it so many times. And I've seen that a lot of people, and I don't recall a situation where I've had such a call, a conversation or a call that um, the person says, oh, I still don't trust you and, and walks away, you know. So at least I think that's a good thing. And then... So far, we've also been able to increase brand awareness and then it just helps that somebody has seen, you know, your post somewhere or seen or heard about my stuff somewhere and then they feel like, oh, okay, I've been seeing people around. You know, it's funny how the mind works and it's like, I've been seeing you around. And so it just kind of also helps to, you know, increase that trust network for people. So, yeah. Thank you very much. That's like, it's been amazing talking to you and I really like, <laughs> I like the in-depth and all of that. So, yeah, thank you very much. Guys like me, you probably heard because I've already come to the conclusion that probably we're going to have another hundred <laughs> of fintech in Nigeria. But hopefully this means something great for us as the consumers. And I'm thinking that, you know, we'll probably be able to do more things because I was having a conversation with someone the other day and, you know, PayPal doesn't work in Nigeria. And, you know, as a creator, I can't get paid for certain things. And that's so painful. So definitely I need a fintech company that comes in right now, right now to solve that problem because I want to get my money, you know, and all of that. So you were talking about Paystack and Flutterwave, you know, Flutterwave was basically all up in our faces. And of course, we love, love, loved it. But then I was on Twitter and somebody said, <laughs> you know, Flutter is announcing and Miffy is also looking for strategies, you know, to come at them. I'm sorry, guys, if you don't know who that is, that's on you because if you don't know what it is, forget about it. OK, so in my head, I'm thinking every fintech founder basically has to think about the CBN, has to think about Mephi and what he's going to do. And you as a fintech founder only, how do you feel? Let's, let's start from there. I have another question, but let's start from, <laughs> let's start from the feeling. I think it's a necessary evil. How do I feel? I mean, I have to always be on the lookout to see what new policies or what new statements are being put out there that may or may affect or actually support my company. So another thing is that as a company, we've just decided that we're always going to be on the right side of regulation. So mm. what are the things that we need to do? That also helps to build trust. What are the things that we need to do? What are the licenses that we need? You know, and then start that process of getting those licenses and necessary partnerships and all of that. So, I mean, how do I feel? It just puts me in the spot where I cannot afford to be ignorant about the regulatory stance, you know, in the fintech space. You, it's just, I can't afford to do that. Yeah. And then it's it's just a necessary evil. We have to embrace it because it also brings more trust um, and increases the reputation of the industry. Mm, I love it. I like the fact that somehow, somehow you've managed to... You know, to be nice, to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> and also, be, like, no, I love it. I'm here for you, you know. But then as well, you're talking about them being a necessary evil. What are the advantages or what exactly do they help you as a fintech founder do? It brings sanity to the space, okay. right? It brings sanity to the space where you need to get a certain license to be able to operate in a certain space. 
And then, so it also makes you to operate with certain standards, right? It also reduces the presence of mediocrity because you know that, okay, if I don't do this to the standard, I cannot get my license. Or once you have the license, to maintain the license, you have to continue reporting. So you have people that you're accountable to. And then for me, it's it's one of the easiest ways, and we spoke about trust earlier in this, but it's one of the easiest ways to... Um, assuage the fears of people we used to say we have this license we have that license you know we're registered here or registered there and we report to you know these bodies so it's I mean while you're, you're mm-hmm. on your toes because there could be a policy or there could be a statement that just changes everything as you know it you know you also want to be as a title score what we have on ground now are you you know on the right side of things I, I think that just makes things easier because then you know that okay so far I've done things right so if something comes up that um, you you know, shakes things up a bit. It's it's a it's a little part, or is it? It's a smaller part of what you, of new things you have to do. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that right. <laughs> I think we got it. We got it. <laughs> At this point, I actually think that Onye is basically she's not going to want to help us to drag them. So it's, it's safe to say that I should let her be on this one. <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much. I do agree that they're necessary evil because they hold you know the organizations, this fintech, they hold them responsible and accountable for every action that you take. So thank you very much for having this talk with me today or having this talk with us today. It's been very enlightening. So. If if you could give us a rounding word or what's that word they say a one word you know like to wrap it all up what would you say yeah so in the finance industry um you know the saying that um goes necessity is the mother of you know invention yeah so i dare say that's what happened in finance industry you know um all of that the necessities of oh why don't we have a product that does this why doesn't this product work this way why can't it be done better that's what has brought us to where we are and you know that isn't changing anytime soon so for me it's as a consumer you know just embrace what works for you right you know embrace what works for you um embrace the products that you know solve the needs that you have um over time because like i said we have like a range the the range of products and so something may not just appeal to you at that moment but then perhaps maybe five years down the line then you're the target market so yeah so yeah stay tuned Uh, there's a lot happening in the finance industry it's definitely an industry to watch definitely definitely and i'm excited for it thank you very much and there you have it guys that's it for today's episode on what the tech africa until next time bye what the tech africa an africa tech radio podcast powered by techno nigeria stop at nothing